Hi, welcome back to Two Moms and the F-Bomb. I'm Crystal. I'm Natalie. And today, we are going to be discussing the, uh, what is this, like the macabre yeah. nursery rhyme? Yeah, Twisted Origins of Nursery Rhymes. Yeah. So. And not all of them are just terrible. There are some that I threw in that were just interesting or ironic and funny, but they all have adult underlying yeah. things. And then the lyrics themselves on a lot of these, which I didn't, I didn't like put the actual, we're not going to, we're not going to read the actual nursery rhymes. Oh no, no, no. We're going to let people take that on the, to themselves that they don't know them, that they can go look them up or whatever. But even if the nursery rhymes that we do know, um, have, like, say, they're, they're what we know of them. There's usually extra verses that we don't know. Yeah. And those extra verses are kind of where it starts getting even more and more, like, like either explicit or dark or creepy, creepy things like that. So, um, trigger warning. Yes, um, big time We're going to put this out there. Of course, our show is for 18 and older. Um, so... It's going to have sensitive content for sure. We're, we're going to be speaking on child and infant loss with this subject. We're going to be talking about the racist, racism, prejudice, discriminative undertones to a lot of these. There will be discussion about religious persecution, violence, just all kinds of just all kinds of stuff that we're going to try to be as sensitive as we possibly can about. Um, but I think that knowledge is power. Yeah. And it's important to know these things and it's important to spotlight these things so that the correct changes can be made or at least you understand. Because there's a lot of these that I didn't even know were um, really that bad. Yeah. And you find out the the story on it and you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Because, I mean, you we were read these yes. and stuff when we were kids and then yeah. told our kids these things. And now we look at it as adults and we're like, yeah. Holy shit, yeah. you know, these are kind of way out there. Yeah, uh, and then, like, there's some that you're singing, and it's like, if, you, if you're, if you I want to know if I'm being racist, you know? Yeah. I, I need to know that. That's important. And so there's some of these that you went from childhood knowing, and then you find out the background of it, and you're going, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so let's let's fix that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, first one, oh, Crystal. Do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man! I know, right? I just can't get over that. I love that, though, whenever <laughs> Adam Lambert... Or was it, it was Adam Lambert when he did that. Yeah. Oh, God. I loved it. Well, the first one we're going to be talking about is the Muffin Man. And it is not the sweet little baker... That we all thought that he was. He, I mean, he was a baker, but he was not sweet. It actually originates from England's very first ever serial killer. Really? I thought Jack the Ripper. I was about to ask. I thought he was the first one, but. But this one is about a man named Frederick Thomas Linwood from 1563 to 1612, or the dates that were were given with that. He did have a bakery slash home on Drury Lane. Oh. And he was infamous for using his baked goods to lure children with him to where so, so that he could take them back to his bakery or his home where he then tortured and killed them. 
he also murdered several other bakers in the area so that he wouldn't have as much, I guess, competition. competition? Yeah. And he would still get enough business to where, you know, it, it, it went along with his ulterior motives. And so he it's took a out a disturbing. Yes. It's very disturbing. Um, the song itself was created shortly after it was found out about what he was doing. Um, and so the song itself was created as a warning and a reminder to children to like be aware of your surroundings. Don't take, don't talk to strangers. Don't take treats from strangers. Like that's, that's what this entire rhyme is, is about is basically a warning to kids. Interesting. Right. Quite fucked up. <laughs> right. Right. I, I mean, you, at first I thought that this had to be just like a, a horrible joke. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. And then, so I did more digging and it is not, it's very much, that's, that's where they believe that this originates from. All right. Well, um, okay. I would also like to point out (laughs) (laughs) that I don't want to hear anybody talk about how messed up our generation is. No shit. Because the more we do digging on different topics and we've got some coming up you know, that we're going to be recording. During, yeah, we don't have that. Yeah. We don't have shit on <laughs> what the hell they had long before us. I'm just going to say our ancestors were wild. <laughs> were I believe wild. it. And I think that we could trace that genetic makeup <laughs> into ourselves. <laughs> and so every, the way that we behave and now, this I think is we, why we're fucked up. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the way why are you the way you are <laughs> and it gives a whole new meaning to thick beats they literally made songs and nursery rhymes upbeat songs and nursery rhymes about the most horrible horrible things so either they had warped senses of humor too i'm gonna have to look or... up that song by that older black woman that i don't know if you've heard it and i can't think of her name or the song but it is horrible it's yeah um yeah, but we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. It's not a nursery rhyme, but it's just the mat the matter of fact of about knock the table over. Yeah. <laughs> um speaking of how messed up our ancestors were right. and how many I'm not even gonna use that word. I mean we're we're genetics and stuff like that, but how they talk about the music we listen to, but when you listen to some of the shit that they listen to or even made, and you're like, holy crap, mm-hmm. you know, how can you even say anything about mm-hmm. some rapper slash singer? You know, yeah. it, it's it's wild. Yeah. yeah. Every generation had their own era of wild. It just, a lot of it, you don't see it as much. Yeah. You don't hear about it as much. Tucked away and hidden, or they've lost all of the records of it and, and all that stuff. But it existed. It existed for sure. All right. The next one we're going to talk about is Jack and Jill. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually first thought to be about the execution of King Louis the Sixteenth and Mary Antoinette. Um, they were executed during the French Revolution. They were both beheaded. Um, but most historians believe it to be about King Charles I of England and his taxation of alcohol. So, jacks and gills was a term for measured units of alcohol. Oh. And 
and the price and size of Jack and Gills soon came tumbling down after is where they think that that part of the song. But changed it to Jack and Jill? Or yeah. was it always supposed to be pronounced as Gill? I don't know. Or maybe it is pronounced Jill. And I'm I'm looking at it because it's with a G that I'm thinking it's Gills. But Close enough. Either way, there's, there's a couple theories on that one. Um, here we go around the mulberry bush. It's hot. Man. <laughs> it originates from England's Wakefield prison. And the female inmates that, well, while they were imprisoned, whatever their crimes would have been, yeah, their kids were usually imprisoned with them. How far was it? Is, is, is the, how far is this dated back? Um, I don't have the official date, but we're talking about like way, way back. Possibly in the times, you know, if a woman was reading, yes, that she yes. was considered a wit or in, insane or yeah. a witch right. or whatever. That's exactly yeah. that time period. It's probably 16th, 17th century. Okay, well that um, makes sense. Yeah, um, they. If if a parent, if the mother had done something wrong, a lot of times she would have the kids in there with her. Um, one of the active, if they earned good time or something like that, the mulberry bush, they were allowed to exercise with their children and get outside and walk around. And so they would walk around the mulberry bush that was in the prison, the prison, like outside in the yard area where they were able to go outside. Um, the you know, part of that song and the lyrics, they're talking about cleaning stuff, like wash your face, brush your hair, and all that stuff. Yeah. And I think that that's just, you know, teaching you good hygiene, whatever. Well, in this case, it refers to the chores and things that they had to do that were required because the floor was usually flooded and covered in slop and disease and just a lot of excrement and disgusting things. And they had to stay on top of cleaning it as well as themselves. And if they didn't, they would be beaten or punished. Oh, wow. That's really fucked up. Yeah. Nursery rhyme. Yeah. So, um, huh. yeah, it's not the cheerful la-di-da-di-da. <laughs> <laughs> Skip to Malou yeah. type situation for that one. Uh, ooh, this one. Which one is this? Mary, Mary, Quite Contrary. Okay. You think it's a sweet little song about this sweet girl named Mary in her garden picking flowers and just doing all these magical things. I apologize for my cat. This time it's a cat. It's not a dog. We apologize. That's all right. She's at my house this time. So there's going to be probably... I'm waiting for, I'm <laughs> not sure which cat that is, but I'm waiting for him to crawl underneath the door. <laughs> Let's let me in. <laughs> Get an extra mic for the animals. We're just gonna have to, I guess. We'll probably have a toddler come running through in a minute. Oh, that's all right. Sound like Tiny Terror. Yeah, Donnie from Wild Thornberries. <laughs> um. Anyway, Mary Mary Quite Contrary is not the sweet little rhyme that we think it's about. Okay. It's actually. It's actually basically describing a murdering psychopath. Nice. Um, refers to Queen Mary the First of England, aka Bloody Mary. Ah. Yes. The rhyme recounts her homicidal nature. She tortured, persecuted, and executed hundreds, possibly thousands, of Protestants in the name of her Catholic faith. The garden reference was actually talking about the graves of all the people that she did kill. 
um, pretty maids in a row, that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not about pretty maids or anything like that. It's actually talking about the prisoners that were lined up for execution. Silver bells and cockle shells are not flowers. They are actually torture devices that she used in the form of thumb screws and genital torture devices. Hence, cockle bells? Yes. Yeah, cockle shells. Cockle shells. Yes. That that was that was the real bad one. <clears throat> that would uh that might be a little painful. Mm. All right. Yeah, just gross. Just gross all over. I, there's so many stories about her. And the one under the one we're getting to now also is about Queen Mary, and this is about the, the one called uh, Three Blind Mice. Not about blind mice. No. And it, the lyrics to this one is really disturbing too. Like when you get into it, because it talks about their tails getting chopped off and all this stuff. Um, it also originates from Queen Mary's reign about the trio of Protestant bishops that were burned at the stake for heresy under her orders. It suggested that the blindness referred to in the song was symbolism of their difference of religious beliefs. So they were blind to the Catholic faith. They were just carrying on blindly, doing their own thing. Yeah, minding their own business. They had to. Out of. Yeah, they had to. They had to be destroyed in her thoughts, in her eyes. So her religion just believed that if you don't believe in us, mm-hmm. and sorry for anybody that's Catholic out there, this is way before our time, mm-hmm. so a lot of things have changed. Yes. But, okay. Yeah, back then it was it was religious warfare for sure. They, you weren't allowed to branch off from a specific, there's not, there's not as, there were no, there was no such thing as other denominations as it is now. Ring around mm. the rosy. Should I? <laughs> Should I? <laughs> Are you going to play it? You want me to? We'll try it. It's pretty creepy. Let's see. Oh, no, 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 no. The song is about the bubonic plague. For those that didn't know that, I've learned this in the recent years. Yeah, that's, um, that is definitely, I've heard, of, heard about this mm-hmm. one. Um, and the reasoning behind it so what i'm gonna do so anybody that's can be easily creeped out i would probably suggest either skipping over this part maybe um but what i'm gonna do because i really don't want to have to fight with this to insert music later is just play this now before we go into the rest of the nursery rhyme. So. What are your potential customers Sorry, that's just an ad on YouTube because, you know, whatever. I can't get shit together today, can I? And it may end up playing on here, and it may not. If not, then that's fine. Reminds me of some shit that they would probably play on American Horror Story. Yeah. That's gross. 
that's just first. <laughs> the ring around the rosy represents the rash that appeared on the skin of those infected by the bubonic plague. Ashes, ashes indicates the funeral pyres that burned the remains of the deceased. We all fall down was people were literally dropping. Like they, it wiped out, it wiped out just about oh, everybody. Yeah. And literally bodies were just dropping, falling down. And pocket full of posies represents all the flowers that were hung on homes, in the streets, carried in their pockets to cover the smell of death. Of death. <laughs> That's an interesting one. Yes. Very, mm. very, yeah. It's creepy. Don't sing that one to your kids. <laughs> I mean, you can. But... Well, if you want to. <laughs> I wouldn't. Um, Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> you think Humpty Dumpty's not that, you know. <laughs> I don't even think he was an egg, was he? No, I <laughs> I don't, I don't even know, know what the hell he the, was. I don't even know where the egg comes from. That doesn't even get talked about when you're looking up the background information. I guess we just automatically assume. Well, he was the shape of an egg. Uh, or one theory is they think that King Richard the Third. That this is about King Richard the Third, who was killed in battle, and his remains were left unburied for several days. Another theory is that Humpty Dumpty was actually the name of a cannon. That was used in the English Civil War. And it at one point broke. And caused a lot of problems. Because they really relied on that specific cannon. For some reason. That would probably make more sense. Considering you know like all the king's horses. Mm -hmm. And all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Yeah. So. But I still don't understand where the egg comes from. Unless they just put that in. To not be as graphic. And show. Considering that it was. It's a. a a kid's nursery rhyme type mm -hmm. thing. They've got to make it seem innocent. Yeah, but, a, but an egg with a face cracked with yolk all over it. I mean, well, I still eat eggs, so I guess it didn't affect <laughs> me too much. I don't know. That's creepy. Rockabye baby. Oh God. This is this is one of the ones that may if you don't if you're sensitive to child loss, infant loss, you may want to skip past this one. Um, it originated as a song about an infant's passing. Um, one of the beliefs during that time were that infants that had passed would come back to life if you left it in the boughs of trees. Um, the cradle in the song represents a coffin. The boughs were referring to a, to a tree from which the baby's cradle would hang. Um, another less brutal theory by historians is that the song is actually about King James II and Mary of Modena's infant son. It's widely believed the child was not actually their son, that he was a child brought into the birthing room and passed off as their own in order to ensure a Roman Catholic heir to the throne. There's a lot of debate about this one. It goes pretty far into it. I yeah. just kind of stopped it there. But it's worth looking into if you're curious about a little bit more with it because it's, it's intriguing. And a lot of that did you don't think about all the drama that takes place during that time period. You just think Apparently everybody Apparently they all, were all fucked up man, back then. I, I don't know. I don't know why I'll, I'll always think that 
during that time period, they're all stuffy and boring. And I think maybe it's because of the uncomfortable clothes they had to wear. They couldn't move around much. They just sat around and just ate and drank and were married and well, I'm um, pretty start... sure the women couldn't sit down comfortably having this right. big old hoop, hoop skirt, <laughs> you know, that was probably, you know, the under part yeah. was wire yeah. or some yeah. type of metal or something. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> torture, that rod up my torture, ass. <laughs> torture device in itself, for sure. But, um, it's, you... You start watching documentaries or you start watching these movies that are created about that time period. And you're like, surely, because they add the drama and the flair in the movies. And then you're like, there's no way they were wilding out like that. But then you actually do your research and you're like, man, they were wilding out. Our ancestors were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they were crazy. We are mild and Thank you for cursing me. <laughs> Just passed it on down the dang line. All right, this next one is adult. It's not necessarily bad. I find it kind of humorous in my own twisted way. Okay. But it's not it's not as much disturbing as it is just ironic. Um, rub a dub dub. Oh. <laughs> this rhyme <laughs> <laughs> originated from sexual entertainment and it was about three maids in a tub. So, oh. at the time... So, that was going on back then, too. Yes. A lot of people don't believe it. We didn't have that in my, our day. Yeah, the fuck it is. <laughs> Sorry, uh, but yeah. A popular attraction at traveling fairs during that time period, and we're talking like 16th, 17th, 18th century. Like, this is going on for a long time. Uh, it was a peep show where people could watch women bathe and enjoy one another's company. Also meaning hook up. They would hook up. Um, oh, yeah, big big parties. The the names when you're when you hear the rhyme, they talk about the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker. <laughs> they were among the viewers and the participants in said debauchery. <laughs> um, later, Victorians in the Victorian era called themselves cleaning up the lyrics, <laughs> which makes this even more ironic, and it just tickles me. Cleaning up the lyrics by changing the words to three men in the tub because... Oh, because that made it <laughs> so much better. I mean... <coughs> it's the same. Yeah. It's the same thing. I mean, you know. yeah. Um, yeah. So, Rub-A-Dub-Dub -Dub is not just a fun song that you sing to your kids <laughs> while they're taking a bath. It is <coughs> basically a song that was originated from peep shows and debauchery and... <laughs> Wildness and yeah, yeah, that's a little same thing. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I found the irony in that. I just thought that was great. Um, Little Miss Muffet. Mm. See, just the first part of that song, Little Little Miss Muffet sat on a tough tuffet, whatever. Well, actually, it really throws me the fuck off. Yeah, anyway, I. It's not, it's not as bad as you think it's going to be. I mean, it's, it's based on a real person. Uh, Miss Muffet was real. Her name was Patience Muffet. Okay. She was the daughter to a Dr. Thomas Muffet. Dr. Muffet was a famous entomologist at the time. So he studied insects. Okay. And, he, and it was during the time period of 1553 through 1604. He wrote the very first scientific catalog of British insects. But here's where it takes a turn. 
Dr. Muffet, he also was a doctor, I mean, a, like a physician, and he believed in the healing qualities of insects. So he would crush up insects, including spiders, uh-uh. no, thank you. and fed them to his patients, including his daughter, to cure ail- ailments. No. <laughs> I'm just telling you now, if uh... we've got bugs in our medicine, I don't need to know about it. Yeah, don't. I don't want to know about do it. Do not. Don't okay. tell me. Yeah. I mean, just whatever you do, don't Google how medicine is made. No. Don't ever Google no, or no, even no. watch videos because I go down this little fucking rabbit hole <laughs> on TikTok when it's like, watch how your food is made. Okay, I want to see this. I don't. I don't want to know. Or the guy on TikTok that also does the video where he'll take different, just Random ass shit. A lot of times, foods, a lot of other things, and then put them under a microscope. And then I'm over here like, you just, you just ruined me. Cause Mm -hmm. I'll be better off just going and eating grass out the backyard and just calling it a day. Yeah, yeah. I don't. If a doctor visibly squishes and crushes up an insect or a spider for me to eat in order to feel better, yeah. We're going to need more doctors for other reasons because me and him are going to fight. Yeah. All right. Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater. <laughs> Look, it reminds me of Family Guy. <laughs> well, I think his username or whatever on maybe Instagram or something uh, is Peter, Peter, pumpkin <laughs> eater. <laughs> well, this one, you know, and I've seen the last couple of years people doing the costume where some, the, uh, yeah. The, one of them's a pumpkin and the other one. It just has is, like Peter Peter and he's got like the. The, the orange on their face make it look like it's been eating a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be humorous. Um, is it not? And it's, it's funny. Oh yeah. I think it's, I think it's cute. Um, according to sources, Peter was a poor man with an unfaithful wife. His solution was a chastity belt created by either using a pumpkin shell <laughs> or. <laughs> Please, please do not put your children <coughs> in pumpkins anymore for Halloween pictures. It's created by using a pumpkin shell or a piece of metal underwear with a lock and a key only, uh, the key that only which he, he possessed. Some say he killed her, cremated her, and stuffed her remains as an in ashes inside a pumpkin. What did, what did he do with the pumpkin after that? <laughs> I, it, it didn't say. <laughs> it didn't say. Huh, okay. So, Ding. did he cook Ding. her into a pie and then eat the pie? I don't uh, know. Did he just... Pumpkin pie? Grow, that's what I'm saying. Did he grow more pumpkins with her remains? I don't know. I didn't go that far into it. It, didn't it say. is kind of humorous, but it's also kind of disturbing. Yes, it's very disturbing. <laughs> And, you know, he basically held his wife hostage. Yeah. In reality, that's what he did. I mean, unfaithful or not. And back then, they had so many weird rules for what women could or couldn't do and what was considered unfaithful and what was considered right or wrong. Like, you could yeah. you could beat your wives if you thought they had misbehaved and you could get away with or it. Or if a woman wore lipstick and then she was promiscuous. Yeah. I mean, there was just the list list of all of this stuff. Just, it just, I'm not surprised. No. We'll just leave it at that. I'm not surprised. I'm not shocked. 
you know, they they try to make it out to be like, oh, he was, he was a poor man. He didn't deserve this. She deserved what she got. No, no, nobody deserves to be made to forcibly wear a pumpkin shell. <laughs> Underwear. <laughs> or locked into a metal set of, you know, underwear or killed and stuffed into a pumpkin you know that's, that's not cool there's nothing cool about that it's <laughs> it's not cute again don't do the kids in the pumpkin shells around <laughs> halloween because that will definitely be disturbing now well i wonder if he tried putting her in the pumpkin shell first and then realized hey this ain't gonna work i was <laughs> you know that kind of makes you wonder like how do you expect that to even work i mean just start bouncing on the floor and just crack it open and i'm free i'm free yeah (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) there's a pumpkin seed in my ass crack (laughs) no let's see london bridge is falling down oh yes i've heard of this This, one this one has a lot of speculation around it there's a lot of theories a lot of historians have a different um idea about it. I mean this this comes all of these come from real resources. Oh this well, really yeah. comes from research. These things are actually looked into, passed along through the years. And just as fucked up. Yes. Um this one is speculated <coughs> that it could be about a Viking attack. It could be about the regular just deterioration of an old bridge. Many sources tie it to the alleged destruction of London Bridge at the hands of Olaf II of Norway in the early thousands. Historians aren't quite convinced that that attack ever took place. Um, they're leaning more towards, this was a popular time for child sacrifice. And it happened in various areas of the world. Um, it was considered common. And it was considered good luck to use these sacrifices to better whatever it was they were trying to do or build. Um, they, for instance, with the London Bridge, they believed that children were actually walled into the bridge and left to die. Oh, my Jesus. To serve as an eternal watchman, protector, good luck for. The bridge itself. Um, they did this a lot. If there's histories of this happening throughout different places, and they would they would do that to make sure that whatever they were building or creating was protected and safe. And then the dance moves that go along with this um, is all part of that. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's part of the not celebration, but my brain is yeah, mush my, today, my like just bad brain day. But basically, it was part of it. It was part of the dancing and celebrating and the ceremonial aspect right. of the child sacrifice and blessing whatever it was that they were building. So yeah, you know, so basically, it was, it was a ceremonial. Yes. Yeah. So when the, when the when you're learning how to do the dances to the song, there's a deeper meaning to it. It's not just okay. you're going under a pretend bridge or whatever. It all had to do with... Don't do the dance. The You'll be um, falling upon some entity. <laughs> Possibly. Just kidding. Georgie Porgy. 
I have never heard of this. I, I've heard the, the rhyme. I've heard the story. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was just about a kid that liked to eat. Maybe. Uh, I like to eat. I like to eat. Um, but historians believe this was about George Villiers, the first Duke of Buckingham. <clears throat> he was a player. Play a player. He had a long and lucrative affair with King James the First. Wait, what? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So we're gay lovers. I, yes. So it does yes, go. It goes it. way. Yes. Way back. Um, he also would seduce many ladies of the court. Oh, and, so spy, never mind. And other men. Okay. Um, it was. It's. Yeah, he would get himself into trouble because he would run through and the part of the. The rhyme or the song goes kissing them and making them cry. He actually did that because he would give them. He would just be going and hooking up with all these people and just breaking their hearts or they would get caught. And by their husbands or by their spouses or by whatever. And because, you know, you weren't supposed to behave in that manner publicly. No, not back then. But at the same time at these parties and stuff it's like <laughs> you could do that but if they got caught you had to pretend like oh no i have been taken advantage upon you know like you oh, got, God. you know and so then like it's like please bitch quit being a whore <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um after kissing them and making them cry he would run back to the king for protection to an, to avoid like the inevitable duels you know or like the husbands would come and say some I, type of persecution right so he got himself in a lot of jam ups. Like he was, he was just, he was just playing too much. Um, but the King continued to bestow court appointments upon him, increasing George, George's power and influence. The King even dissolved parliament twice to keep them from impeaching George Fleers. Like he really went out of his way to protect this man. Evidently there was some strong feelings. Georgie Porgy must've had some good, yeah. All the good lovings. Yeah. <laughs> um, eventually, he was assassinated by political rivals. Oh, well. And so, there that went. But uh, Poor George. George Porgy is a song about a player, basically. Hmm. He uh, he liked sex. He liked everybody. Yeah. He liked everything. Everybody loved him, evidently. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, if it's, if it's, if it's worth um, dissolving... The parliament? The, the parliament. I mean, yeah, that's... to keep from being... Pro- <laughs> Don't tell me you love me. Dissolve parliament for me. Yeah. yeah. You just you just say I love you. <laughs> you don't get to say... You need to tell me I dissolved this law entirely just for you. I completely broke up the Supreme Court just for you, basically. You know. Little Jack Horner. Ooh. <laughs> this one actually is... I find this one really funny. And it's not, it's not really bad. It's just... Um, it's it's comical. I feel like it would be something anybody would do. I would do it. Okay. But it's associated with the opportunistic acts in politics in the 18th century. Like, back then, they were really tit for tat. Yeah. Like, they were real sneaky and manipulative about things. Everything was about trying to get yourself um, leveled up. Like, you wanted to be rubbing elbows with... The hard. The hard. With everybody. Yeah. Um. But this is in reference to Thomas Horner, a steward to the Abbot of Gastonbury, 
uh, delivering a Christmas pie to King Henry VIII. Now, do y'all remember us talking about King Henry VIII, the one in the Mandela Effect, where his pipe, his portrait was supposed to be of him holding the turkey leg, yep. and then it was, <clears> the was not. That's the same. This is the same king. This is the okay. same story time. Yes. Um. So he was supposed to be delivering this pie, this Christmas pie, to King Henry from his, like, who he worked for, basically. Um, the abbot had, along with the pie, put title deeds to 12 manor houses inside the pie for the king as a surprise gift. Okay. Okay? So, the abbot was trying to integrate himself with the king. So, he was trying to get himself really just rubbing yeah. elbows, getting in his good graces. He was doing whatever he could to move his way on up. Well, Horner put his finger in the pie on the way there Oops. and extracted the deed for one of the manors, which he moved into shortly after. <laughs> so, basically, he stole the, one of the deeds out, kept it for himself, put himself in the house. Nice. And... What the fuck ever? That was his house from then on. And that actually stirs up controversy to this day because his ancestors swear by the fact that, no, the king gave him the deed to this place. It's fair and square. It wasn't done in a tricky way. This was this is ours. We inherited it correctly. Yeah. But history suggests he was Otherwise, sneaky. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. If I'm holding a pie in my lap I'm gonna... and, you know... Hey, there's 12, 12 deeds. But, the king's already got so many places. You know, he's not going to miss one. Right? <laughs> now, I have heard stories, and I don't know if this is the same timeline, same king, or what, that way back when, um, poor people, mm -hmm. you know, that would be in a, in a kingdom or whatever, um, that the king would, like, deed out homes for people in exchange for you know hey this is what you have to do for me mm -hmm. you know whether it's working in the kingdom doing right. this farming blah 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 war what have you right but when you die it comes back to me it's not something that they could be leaving to right. their children and heirs and everything it goes right back to the king or whoever may be in charge at that time right. so everybody was always all about leveling up yeah again. i mean and they would do it in sneaky ways they would do it backstabbing ways not much has changed everything's still the same we're just in more modern times now yeah. we have indoor plumbing but <laughs> you know some people do i thought this was funny <laughs> i thought this was funny i would I, probably do the same shit like hey free house fuck yeah that was smart yeah you know that was that was smart okay any meeny money mo this is got racial racial undertones we're, yes we're, we're going to talk about it um it's rooted in slave trade it's believed that the song originated during that time period um it was a derogatory song yeah about slaves um it worsened in the late 19th 20th century when schools had recently segregated and they started oh yeah they started they had people of color in the schools with the white folks and this teacher in the school blatantly right in front of them started singing the rhyme and the, derog the derogatory terms when when it says catch a tiger by the toe that is not what was said yeah it is a derogatory term 
and he directed it towards the newly integrated students and it caused a big uproar as it should have oh yeah but the students walked out they just they walked out and it led to through all of that it eventually led to changes in the song the wording and a lot of places have completely banned it entirely um I used to do that in school. I mean, I but I didn't know any better right. at the time. I mean, now right. as an adult, when you do look at this and you're like, holy shit. Well, I had always heard it as Tiger, Catch a Tiger. Oh, absolutely. I never heard it any other way. So that's why I'm glad I dug into this because you don't know. No. And finding out is important. And that's how you make the changes necessary to do better. That's, yeah. You know, and, but it's, it even caused a, it's it's caused a lot of problems, and this is not the only one. There's several. I didn't get all of them listed. Yeah. Um, but there are there are several, and it's it's like a slap in the face because you don't know, and then you feel completely horrible. Oh gosh. And yeah. then you know. That's definitely. <clears throat> yeah, that one. Like I said, I mean, as a child, and then. When you're about to play a game or something, you know, kickball, dodgeball, what have you. Am I just knocking no, the table I'm everywhere? No, I'm the whole table across. I am so sorry. Um, and that's what you do is any, mini, miny, mo. Mm-hmm. You put your foot in mm-hmm. and you just go around and. Had no idea. Yeah. That it, was, it was, it came from such a terrible time. Yeah. I'm gonna, no clue. I'm going to pause this for just a moment. Um, give us just a few minutes. We'll be right back. There we go. All right, we are back. Sorry, we just had to take a few minutes. Which, in y'all's time, it was just a pause and... Now we're going back at it. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This old man. So, it's the knick-knack paddywhack song. Yeah. Um, a lot of people speculate, and a lot of historians speculate, that this is really just a perverted song. Yeah. About an old man playing knick-knack on various things. Owned by the song's writer. Well, I've heard it always being a perverted song, but not just randomly playing on objects, more or less. Yeah, right. It's a weird song. But it it is believed by historians that the song was written about the Irish potato famine. And it has major, major prejudicial and discriminatory undertones uh, blatantly created to be disrespectful basically um it it refers to the influx of irish aka the beggars um how dare you talk about my ancestors I, that's no. what i'm saying <laughs> um going door to door in england either selling knickknacks or to literally play a rhythm called knickknacks using spoons in hopes of getting getting like change or food yeah um the paddywhack is a derogatory term for hitting an Irish person. Bastard. As is the term paddywagon, referring to either the Irish cops driving it or the Irish quote-unquote drunks inside it. Um, the term old man rolling home seems to be applied here. So they're saying it's an Irish drunk person in the back of a... Paddywagon. Paddywagon. Cop car. Cop car. Yeah. Those days... Well, that was definitely not how I took that song. Yeah. Uh, It's it's another one of those. Is that the same one? Yeah, that one, but. Yep, okay, anyway. Uh, Yeah, it's another derogatory song 
talking about other people. Definitely not where my mind thought it was going. Yeah, I didn't either. I really thought I, it was just a, a a very perverted type, yeah. you know, like a pedo pedophilia type right. nursery mm-hmm. rhyme. Jimmy Crack Corn. <laughs> this is believed to be about a slave owner who died after falling from his horse. And the song is a celebration by his slaves wow. uh, celebrating his death. Oh, which, yeah. <laughs> karma. Yeah, no um, shit. But it was, at one time, it was not called Jimmy Crackhorn. It was called Blue Fly, Blue Winged Fly. And it was talking about the reason that the horse threw him off was because it was bitten bitten by this a horse fly, fly. Like a horse fly. Yeah. And um, the Jimmy Crackhorn was a term for whiskey, corn whiskey back then. And so put together, it was basically saying the slave owner was bucked from his horse because it got bitten by this fly. And he was probably drunk or something? And, well, the the corn whiskey was had afterwards to celebrate the loss of this okay. person. Makes sense. Yeah. Totally. Uh, Baba Black Sheep. Don't think I've ever one, heard of this one. This one has, uh, it's, most historians believe this to be about the great custom, a tax on wool that was introduced in 1275. Okay. Its use of the color black and the word master led some to wonder whether there was a racial message at its center. It turns out. There was. That's, it, it, there was. Um, changes came in the latter part of the 20th century, removing the song from classrooms entirely or changing the color of a sheet. For something less offensive. So, okay. you know, uh, progress. Which we'll never get there, unfortunately. But Maybe we will. Hmm. Uh, goosey Goosey Gander. I thought it was Duck Duck Goose. Is this that's not a the different right one. one. That's okay. One. <laughs> <laughs> there is a Duck Duck Goose. It's a different one. Goosey Goosey Gander is actually a tale of religious persecution. Here we go on that again. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of those. Yeah. Um, With curious lines including, there I met an old man who wouldn't say his prayers, so I took him by the left leg and threw him down the stairs. Okay, well. There's also speculation that the song is about peeping Tom spying on the ladies in their chambers as well. So. It could. Could be either, or could be both. Yeah, possibly. Little Bo Peep. Mm-hmm. It's about the English Civil War. Okay. Um, and it's referring to King Charles first, King Charles the first of England, Mm -hmm. like his overthrow and his execution. And then it was also used again as an example, like during the United States Civil War as well. So it was, it's, it was used in reference to both of those, but it was, it originated during the English Civil War. And then like the U.S. took it as part of, like they used it in a, um. Like losing, uh, just basically losing the reign. Right. Okay. And it was put in, like the, the picture of what they envisioned Little Bo Peep to be, they put her in like, um, an outfit that matched the the flag of the United States and it was turned into one of those little comic strips in the old Hummy newspaper. Yeah. And it was basically a sarcastic cartoon talking about the war in the United States as well. Um, let's see. Rain, rain, go away. 
Oh, I used to sing that all the time as a kid. I still sing it. Yeah. It's not as bad. It's this is just um the history of the the trade rivalry between Spain and England in 1585. And it was worsened after Mary Queen of Scots was beheaded. Um that's pretty much all that it's about. It's talking about um the the So are we not talking about like the actual rain like are a the wet shit that falls from the no. sky this is their rain, rain and yes. and power yes okay that's exactly what it's talking about and i don't i guess the spelling may have changed through the years to rain like rain falling from the sky making it a, sure. a children's mm-hmm. thing okay a lot of symbolism there's a lot of symbolism in all of these songs. It's like they say one thing, but it means something. Else oh, absolutely. Entirely. Yeah. <clears throat> Jack be nimble. Now, I thought this one um, was just cool. <laughs> well, you know, like I thought it was going to be something serious because they were like, yeah. they put it in the dark history part of the research. And I'm like, there's. And then you got the dirty version, too. Yeah. yeah but... Well, I didn't get that part. Like, I never found anything like that on there. But I did. this one originates from ancient pagan tradition of jumping over fires. Which is ironic because my husband, <laughs> who we have, yes, woo. he is. Uh, this is before we even knew anything about this. He he likes to jump over fires when he's had a few drinks. He thinks that's fun, and evidently it is a pagan tradition. And since he is practicing in the Norse paganism, paganism yeah, that I was like, it's always been there. We just didn't know. But that's interesting. Yeah, basically. The goal is to jump over like a lit candle or a fire. Yeah. If you don't snuff it out, it's supposed to bring good luck. So I just thought that was just neat because that's as not exactly right. As many times as they know. have jumped over. I know. Fires. I know. Back in the years, y'all, because we ain't crazy like we, well, we're still crazy, but <laughs> if you only knew many of the stories that we could tell of how we met yes. and. The things we... That's a whole podcast in Yes, and the things we did. (laughs) um, Fire jump, the men doing their fire jumping... Traditions. It was a tradition. They did it every single time they got together. They would jump over a big, giant bonfire. Pretty much naked. Yeah. Yeah, they were... Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's just funny to me because it was like, okay, well, these are... This originates from our ancestors. So something in us That's still cool, has that link to us. And yeah. even though it's a silly thing, it was it was just neat. I just thought that was cool. Um <clears throat> Little Boy Blue, not a huge conspiracy here. It's basically referring to the Cardinal Thomas Wosley. He seemed to be a bit of a troublemaker. He he comes up in several different things, but he was known as being arrogant and wealthy <laughs> and he had many enemies in England. And the come blow your horn part in Little Boy Blue refers to his constant bragging. He just, yeah, he just talked a lot of shit, basically. Who killed Cock Robin? I've never heard of this. I, this is a lesser known one to me, but because of the name, I had to do it. I was intrigued. I had to. Uh, it just sounds filthy. Um, <laughs> It's Which really, apparently intrigues us, so, you know. But it's really not as bad as I expected it to be. Um, some say that it's actually lyrics about Robin Hood. Okay. Um, others say it's about the death of King William III, killed by an arrow while, while hunting. Others believe it describes the fall of Robert Walpole's government in 1742. And 
you know, I mean, it's an interesting story. It is odd. Uh, it does kind of, it is kind of a dark storyline to it. So it's one of those that, you know, it's added to the list of all the ones that sound creepy. I mean, it's, yeah. it's one of those. I might but have to Google that cool one thing, and see. I, I kind of like the Robin Hood idea because part of it is there are other animals that come and grieve Cock Robin's, you know, yeah. death. Yeah. And so if you think about the cartoon version of Robin, Robin Hood, Hood with the fox and yeah, the yeah. fox and all the animals, it's kind of kind of a neat idea. Uh, Pop goes the weasel. It's really <laughs> I remember not as, that. Yeah, it's really not as bad either. It's just basically re- thought to be referring the pawning of a coat for food. Like weasel in a stoat was the term for a coat or your jacket. Okay. And it was shortened to weasel. Pop is another word for pawn. So literally it meant you were trading your jacket for food. So you didn't Okay, bartering. Yeah, so. bartering. Um, Old Mother Hubbard. This is a, in reference to the Cardinal Thomas Wesley, we just talked about, yeah. and his failure to obtain an annulment from the Pope of King Henry VIII of England's first marriage to Catherine of Aragon because he wanted to marry Anne of Boleyn. Do you remember hearing anything in history about no. Anne Boleyn? And well, if I did, I do not remember because, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it's. Let's see, the cupboard in the story represents mm-hmm. the Catholic Church. The dog represents King Henry. The bone is the coveted annulment. Gotcha. Uh, lesser, this one I had never heard of. It's called Oranges and Lemons. It's, no. It sounds delightful when you're reading it, but the lyrics on this one, there are so many theories on it. There's there's three. What are some of the lyrics? Do you... I don't have them written down, but it sounds it sounds really sweet and charming. It sounds like something you would sing or, or say in the springtime. Uh, it just sounds really nice. It sounds lovely. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it suggested that the lyrics are about King Henry VIII of England. Evidently, King Henry VIII was something else. Apparently so. Uh Married six times to six different women. Okay. Uh, theory two is it's a wedding song with strong sexual references about a bride losing her virginity on mm, her wedding night. Okay. Theory three is it's about public executions. Uh, prisoners walk past several famous churches in England on the way to be to their execution by beheading, and the chop 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 represents their heads being cut off. I mean, that took a whole left turn there from I know. your honeymoon and losing your virginity to being beheaded. I know. And evidently, evidently they sing about everything. Everything's a song. And I guess because they didn't really have much entertainment, what else have you got to do? It's just make up songs about everything. And that's called Lemon and Oranges? Oranges and Lemons? Oranges and Lemons. Oranges and Lemons. And I think, I want to say, during that time period, oranges, lemons, all the citrus fruits were mm-hmm. also a form of currency. Like, you could use those to trade or barter instead of money. Um, uh, I remember reading about that in, like, Little Women, the, the the book Little Women. Yeah. They talked about oranges and limes and lemons and how they were a fad and which things were more popular. And you just had to have those things. I'm going to, um, <clears throat> got it pulled up real quick. Mm-hmm. I'm not... It's kind of long. It is, but it's not like too, too bad. Yeah. Oranges and lemons say the bells of St. Clement's. You owe me five farthings, say the bells of St. Martin's. When will you pay me, say the bells of Old Bailey. When I grow rich, say the bells of 
shortage. And when will that be, say the bells of Stephanie? Oh, I do not know, say the great bells of Bo. Here comes a candle to light you to bed, and here comes a chopper to chop off your head. Holy fuck. How is that even? Oranges and lemons, say the bells of St. Clemens. You... Clementines. Yeah. You owe me five farthings, say the bells of St. Martin's. When will you pay me? Okay, so that's old. Okay. When will you pay me, say the bells of Old Bailey, when I grow rich, say the bells of shortage? Yeah, that's a little, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fucked. Mm-hmm. I would say that's probably something to do with cutting off their heads. Yeah. Because... I mean, it basically says it. But they also thought that maybe the chopping mm. part was the girl losing her, like, it was the, a, a way of talking about her virginity being lost. I don't know how that that's just gross it's just gross it makes sense like kind of i don't really want to i'm gonna say it i don't give a fuck like a whole like loan shark type thing Mm -hmm. hey you owe me Mm -hmm. and you're either gonna pay the fuck up or we're gonna kill you and you don't pay up you keep trying to avoid them or come up with excuses and that one would make a lot more sense yeah um sing a song is sixpence I know this one simply because when Brenna's listening to her nursery rhyme stories, like the songs and stuff, that it's it's in there. Um, if you read the story itself, mm-hmm. it's disturbing. It's basically, it, it could have been partial inspiration for Alfred Hitchcock's movie, The Birds. Oh, because God. it's basically talking about this royal maid who gets her nose pecked off by a blackbird after the bird's family is baked into a pie for the king. And I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yes. Like this 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 maid is cooking pies for the king. Back then blackbird pie was any form of blackbird was a delicacy. It was made special for the king. The king loved it. That okay. was his shit. I don't know what that's about. Could I'm have not, been a shit pie. But, I, don't, you know. I don't know. He loved it. And so it was very common to make bird pies. Um, but in the story, the bird comes in, pecks off the maid's nose for cooking her family. Hey, bitch. Basically. Yeah. Um, it's likely based on a spoof by a jester for a king by presenting a pie with a live blackbird inside. So he could have created the song as part of a jingle to do as entertainment yeah. because literally they sang about everything. Stupid. Everything stupid, everything morbid, everything <laughs> twisted. I don't want to hear shit about how twisted and warped I am anymore. I don't want to hear it. No, yeah. Because cause... evidently our forefathers bestowed this upon us and we were meant to be just fucked up. Just yes. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Alfred Hitchcock didn't read this poem and be like, "This is a cool inspiration for this movie, The Birds." We're gonna, yeah, no we're, shit. gonna we're gonna do this. Yeah, um, bird pie. I'm not here for it. Mm-mm, no. Well, I, technically, chicken pot pie that would be a bird pie. Yeah, I guess, but you know, chickens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they don't. Chickens fly sometimes. It's not a songbird. It's not a blackbird. I love blackbirds, but I wouldn't eat a blackbird. I no. just think they're beautiful. They really are. <sighs> Talking about more birds. Ladybird, ladybird. This one, <laughs> I want to say we used this as a, like a jump roping 
song. I don't remember. I feel like we did this when we were younger to do jump rope routines too. Um, it's another name. It's considered another name for Virgin Mary and by extension the Catholics during the English Reformation. They faced heavy penalties for practicing their religion, including torture and death. So this was during the time that the Protestants reigned and not the Catholics. Mm. Um, resulting in attending mass in secret, hence the children are gone reference. Yeah. They were all hiding in mass. Um, the fire refers to the Catholic priests burn at the stake. Wow. Yeah. They just get drastic. I mean, they really just get drastic. They take so many turns. Blow the Man Down, the pirate song. I've never heard this one either. Um, God, my childhood was shelter. <laughs> <laughs> well, who would have thought these would have been bad? You know, you just think that, I don't know. <laughs> it's not talking about wind blowing the man down. It's not talking about, like, storms blowing through while you're on the pirate ship or on whatever ship. It's not, it's not talking about that. It's literally talking about discipline and fighting that the crew received while at sea. So it's talking about the beatings. So if they weren't doing what they were supposed to do, or they didn't do it the way that they were supposed to, they would be get, beaten. They would be beaten. Their punishments were very harsh. Um, they also talked about the fights that broke loose. Like they, they fought a lot, which I probably would too. Stuff oh, absolutely. Um, the amount of time, but that's what that's about. It has nothing to do with storms or anything like that. Why would it? These were depressing times. No wonder no, sure. they sang about everything. I'm starting to understand a little more now. This little pig. Like, this little piggy goes to market. This oh, this one is home. a very, very... <laughs> it's... Just, I've known this one for years, and yeah. it's very disturbing. It went to the market all right. Yeah, just... it's like when, you, when, when you're a kid and you hear this, you think they're going to the market to go get some groceries because they're hungry. They're going grocery shopping. They're, no. they're going to the market not to buy food, but to be food. Yeah. They're forced to eat a cow, roast beef. Then they screamed in terror all the way home to await their fate. That's basically it in a nutshell. Yeah, and this it's, piggy squeal, wee, wee, yeah. wee, all the way home. It's because, because it was, it was excited. It was going to the slaughterhouse. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know. Yeah. Lucy Lockett. Um, this is a lesser known one, but I thought it was worth mentioning. It's uh, a cute little poem. It's short, sweet, to the point, but it's referencing a famous courtesan. A courtesan would be, at the time, a sex worker, entertainer, lady of the night, okay. however you'd like that label to be, um, losing one of her clients, or John's, to another fellow co-worker. So it's basically Bitch. about two, two ladies in a cat fight over potential yeah. clientele. In a nutshell, in a more subdued version, but... Uh, that's what it's that's what it's talking about. Bitch, that my man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um five little monkeys or ten little monkeys. Jumping yeah. on the bed? Yes. I remember that one. This is a bad one. Yeah. And it's meant, you know, it's it's meant to teach your kids how to count, as we thought, but turns out it was originally created with racial slurs. It was meant with blatant disrespect. It was meant to talk about people of color and their deaths, oh, things my. of that nature. Yeah, the song, uh, the wording was then changed from the explicit terminology 
two monkeys, which is not any better. Um, and it has since been reworded again <clears throat> to other animals entirely or to different objects. Well, I've not heard any other version other than... Well, on the other side of this, there was also a song around the same time period, Ten Little Indians. I've heard that one too. Yeah, and it was the same way. It was talking about the amount of them being killed, things like that. So that one has been wiped entirely because that is derogatory. Yeah. And it is, you know, you... You just, I mean, this was originally their land. This, right. Everything was. I right. mean, and we don't even sing about it like that anymore. But these were these were created about the same time. Yeah. Oh, geez. So shocker. Um. So those those have been either completely removed entirely, or they've been changed up entirely because the goal is to help teach children yeah. how to, how to count. Well, I mean, there's um, other ways yeah. to do that. You yeah. know, just. Just fucking teach them to count. Yeah. This one isn't necessarily a children's, like a mother goose children's rhyme. This is actually a song, but it's it's always playing at the same time as the nursery rhymes, and it's She'll Be Coming Around the Mountain. Oh, yeah. I've heard that one It's before. just a popular kid's yeah. song. Uh, it's about the rapture, the, the Christian belief of the second coming and the end of the world. That's what it's actually about. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Um. Now, this one... Is Not like actually... we haven't had the rapture a million times already. <laughs> Whatever. This, I had to go into actual Mother Goose herself. So, um, I love this. I did not realize this until, until I started digging into it. Um, Mother Goose could be considered a witch. Really? Yes. Um, the origins of Mother Goose may go all the way back to the ancient Egyptian times. Okay. They had the Nile goose um, that laid the golden egg where the sun god Ra emerged. Did not know that. Had no idea. That's fucking awesome. I thought that was really cool. Their writings show that Ra, accompanied by her companion, the goose, the goose is a solar bird and announces the dawn. Okay. It's also the tradition of Christmas. The The Christmas goose symbolizes the death of the sun in the winter solstice. solstice. Mm-hmm. Had no idea. Thought that was awesome. I like that. Um, much of the how much of the available information finds a closer connection to the German winter solstice solstice goddess Holda, or I've got Frau a friend that yeah that that's that's her goddess is is Holda. Yeah. I mean yeah. The uh the domestic goddess, the one who watches out for housewives, children, and all other household arts. Geese are also sacred to Holda. Mm-hmm. Another um, comparison. Swans are too, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. That makes sense. Maybe not just, uh, maybe to hold a. Yeah. Um, but yeah, swans, yeah, and geese. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That makes sense. If the yeah. geese is, a swan would be. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also compared to Baba Yaga from Slavic folk- folklore, an ogress who steals, cooks, eats her victims, usually children. Um. This also is touched on with the story, with the fairy tale Hansel and Gretel. They yeah. think that maybe part of that originated originated from the Slavic folklore. Um, so I thought all of that was really cool, how it always goes back to the those different belief systems and where it originates from and how from far ba- back it ba- goes. Yeah, ba- paganism, because yes. that was... 
I have to, I want to be careful, but then again, you know, it's mm-hmm. one of those not, um, because I am open about mm-hmm. my, my religion. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people would try to disagree with me, right. but you know, I mean, paganism was, was first, was the first right. religion. Right. Um, so that makes, that makes a whole lot of sense. It does. And a lot of times these traditions and the, these stories, they all come from somewhere and it would make sense that it comes back from, from that yeah. long ago, but to even reach ancient Egypt, you just don't put two and two no, together. Absolutely all. not. Um, but there, then again, considering, you know, um, the, the Egyptian sun God, mm-hmm. Ra. Yeah. And yeah. I love it. Um, during the 16th and 17th century, superstitions were high and many mm-hmm. were frightened by the thought of witches, witches and the wizardly. So, wizard, wizard, wizardry, <laughs> wizardry, thought I said wizardry. Looks like me trying to pronounce <laughs> words last time. And it's just like, you know what? Just whatever. Um, some use this as an excuse to extract unsavory punishment, unsavory, unsavory. That's the wording they used. Unsavory punishments to innocents accused of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Unsavory. My ass. Was it all out? Again. Yeah. Okay. I mean. Let me shut up. <laughs> Let me shut up. We'll get to that later on. Um, this is where more speculation of Mother Goose origins come come up and where she was first labeled, a officially labeled a witch. Um, due to... The picture of her flying on a goose, and the goose and the pet owl were considered her familiars. Mm-hmm. Um, she is depicted in her earliest illustrations wearing a pointed cap, having a pointed chin. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was the way that they described witches at the time, is they gave them a pointy hat and a pointy chin, and they made them Put look them like... Put them green old, with yes. a big mole on their they face, you know, really but in today's day, they look like me. Yeah. Anyway... <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> um, let's see. She, um, another reason being in reference to her, it's in one in her story about the golden egg. Mm-hmm. She, it is talked about her having a magic wand and turning her son Jack into a harlequin and his girlfriend into Columbine. I'm not exactly sure what that is. Oh, I should have yeah. checked into that. Um, I'm going to assume it's like a jester of sorts. Possibly. Um, with a wand, in, in, like with her little magic wand, and the story of the goose and the golden egg. All of that is considered to be witchy and magical witchcraft. Yeah. and witchcraft. And they really, really thought that she was a witch. And, you know, you know how that goes. I like that idea. <laughs> um, I thought it was cool that it yes. was linked because I did start looking whenever I was looking all this stuff up, I would see the pictures and I was like, I'm getting witchy vibes from Mother Goose. And so I had to go there. And yeah. I, and that's what started me off into it. But it is thought that Mother Goose is more of a symbol than a real per- person. So it's like she she symbolizes your childhood, basically. She's just kind of like a mascot. No, She's, I'm going to call her a witch. I, yeah. <clears throat> Definitely. Um, But, ha ha ha. Some believe she was a real person. They just can't figure out which exact person she actually was because they have a list of several people with the last name Goose who were all women who all hung around kids, either had their own kids, grandkids, neighborhood kids, all the kids, and they found ways of coming up with fun stories and doing all these things. And so there are several. The one that they feel like it leans towards the most is 
a lady from uh, 17th century during, like, she was from Boston. Okay. And she entertained her grandchildren with rhymes and stories and things that she had collected from around the world. She just thought they were just really cool stories and things. And her name was Elizabeth Foster Goose, or they called her Mary. Um, But there is a lot, there are several other names and several other stories and depictions of women from around the world. And there are cemeteries that people go to to this day to uh, pay their respects because yeah. they believe that that is the real Mother Goose. Nice. So was she real? Was she a symbol? Was she a witch? Was she not a witch? Was she just a quirky old lady that just and enjoyed kids? I mean, I guess that's up to each. Yeah each person to however they want to take that. I mean, do you want to believe that she's real? Then believe she's real. If you want to depict the fact of that, she may have been just a symbol for paganism, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, do I want to say symbol or symbolic? It's like, (laughs) sorry y'all. So yeah, that's, Interesting. Well, there are, that's the end of the list that I have Um, now, because that was all I could find real information on. Every single nursery rhyme, every single thing that you read, whether there's a background story to it or not, they all have, like we talked about earlier, they all kind of take a dark turn. Yeah. Even if the only verse that you know is the first verse, if you go and you start reading the additional verses or the additional lines to them, yeah. they always tend to get a little bit darker. Now, oh, there yeah. are some that really are genuinely okay. Um, they're sweet little songs that were created or song or little rhymes or poems that were created with there is nothing dark behind them. Twinkle, but, twinkle, little star, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a sweet little little thing to know and and teach your kids and um I thought that this was fascinating oh yeah and I thought that I knew a lot of these but there were so many more than that I had I first of all I didn't know the nursery rhyme itself on some of them and then the stories especially lemon and oranges oranges and lemons whatever that's got me (laughs) That, that was that was fun that was fascinating that knowledge is power Oh, yeah. Whether you agree with it, disagree with it, whatever it is that you're reading, it is so important to educate yourself and just see how things are and things from the past and things from just yeah. current times. It's just important. So for everybody, I mean, that's made it this far into our podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the ones we've listed, if you want to go, because we did not read the actual nursery rhymes themselves. No, we would have been here all day. Yeah. <laughs> just Google it mm-hmm. and read. I mean, just having the knowledge that we just gave you, the yeah. background stories on these, and then go read the words. You'll be able to interpret it yourself if you haven't already. Um, and if you find some that maybe we missed somehow, let us know. Yeah, us absolutely. Know. Just send us a message. Post it on face our Facebook group or whatever. Um, so, with that being said, that will be the end of today's podcast. Um, our next, I'm not sure if that's a cat trying to get in or a kid. <laughs> um, but just stay tuned for our next one, which we're going to talk about weird laws that exist. Um, many that are not really... What's that word I want to 
They're still technically in effect. Yeah, they're in they effect, but they aren't uh, pushed as hard as they Yeah. So, and some of them are quite funny. But again, thank y'all for listening. I'm Crystal. I'm Natalie. And this is Two Moms and the F Bomb. Bye. Bye.